Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey folks, Pastor here. So glad to be with you once again and uh, getting through this summer. Uh, it's, it's getting hot out there, but we're glad that uh, you are able to be with us. I hope that you've got your Bible, gather your family around and uh, get your drink if you would. Um, think some water would probably be good today on a day this hot, cool you off. But uh, I hope that you are looking forward to being blessed from the Word of God. I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to deliver this message to you. And uh, let's take a look, if you would, in our Bibles in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 through 56. I'm going to be speaking to you on the topic, the miraculous death of Jesus. The miraculous death of Jesus. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45, the Bible reads, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man called for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come and save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the grave after his, graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion... And they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake, and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women were beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, of James, and Mary the mother of James, and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. Let's pray. My Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word. And Lord, I pray that you would take your word and that you would use it in the lives of those who are watching and listening today. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage their heart. I pray for those uh, that do not know you, that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your precious word. Lord, you're a good God, and we love you this morning. I pray that you would help us as we apply these biblical principles to our lives and that we would follow the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to be in a constant pursuit of Jesus Christ. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. When you think about things that are miraculous, most often we think of things like the birth of a child or we think of maybe a great play in sports. Man, that was a great catch. Um, we think of someone being healed of a terminal disease. Man, that was miraculous. And when we use that term, it's not often that we think 
of that term in light of death. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say, man, that was a miraculous death. But when it comes to the death of Jesus Christ, his death was a miraculous death. And it's because of the miraculous death of Jesus that we as believers have received many benefits. Do you realize that the miraculous death of Jesus gives benefits not only to us as believers, but to all people from all times, in all ages, if they just accept it. See, there are many benefits for the believer in the death of Jesus. And we find the benefits in the miracles that surround the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to take a look with me at the many miracles that happened at the death of Christ for our benefit. Take a look first, if you would, please. Jesus endured divine judgment for you. Jesus endured divine judgment for you. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45 says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. The Bible tells us right here, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour there was darkness. That is from 12 o'clock noon until 3 p.m. Jesus' crucifixion started at 9 a.m. So he had already been on the cross for three hours when this miracle took place. It happened at noon. The Bible tells us that there was darkness over all the land. Now, we don't know if that was the whole earth or if it was just part of Israel, but it is recorded in Roman history by origin that there was darkness over the known earth at this time. But like I said, we're not quite sure of the extent of the darkness, but we know that it was complete darkness. Though it did cover enough of Rome to have it be recorded in history. This darkness, the Bible tells us that it lasted three hours. Some say that, oh, this was not anything miraculous. It was just an eclipse. But that's impossible. Because at this time, during the Passover, the full moon was on the opposite side of the earth. See, this is divine darkness. This is something supernatural that only God can do. Do you realize that God has delivered divine darkness previously? I want you to take a look in your Bibles to the book of Exodus. That's in the Old Testament. That's the second book in the Old Testament. It's called the Pentateuch or the Torah or the Law. It's the books that were written by Moses. The second book of the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 10 and verse 22. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. It was a supernatural darkness that covered the whole land of Egypt for three days. Just like there was a supernatural darkness that covered the land for three hours while Jesus was being crucified. You say, well, what does darkness represent? Well, darkness in Scripture is a sign of judgment. See, salvation in Jesus Christ speaks of light. Judgment speaks of darkness. Hell is called what? Outer darkness. And God was making a point that no one could miss. And that is that the darkness of the cross of Christ was a place of judgment. 
The darkness upon the cross of Christ was a place of judgment. This was the most complete and comprehensive judgment that Jesus would go through for the benefit of you and me. See, Jesus endured divine judgment for you and for me. What was God judging? Well, we know what God was judging. Sin. That's what God judges. God judges sin. The Bible tells us that he became sin, meaning Jesus, who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. See, Jesus willingly underwent the complete fury of God's judgment for you and for me. And guess what, friend? Not being underneath judgment is a benefit. Could you imagine if you had to go to court and the judge was getting ready to hand down the sentence, but then somebody stepped in and said, I'll take whatever penalty you are going to give to this individual. Man, you would say, what a great blessing, what a great benefit. Maybe you were, you were going to uh, be fined uh, $200 for a parking violation or whatever the case may be. Oh man, that's what? The judgment didn't have to be suffered by you. See, Jesus endured divine judgment so that we would not have to. What does that mean? That if we accept the work of Christ on the cross, that we will not have to spend eternity separated from a God in a place called hell. Jesus endured the divine judgment for us. What a benefit. All you have to do, friend, is you have to accept the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. That he's the savior, that he lived a perfect life, died on the cross, enduring divine judgment for you and for me, and were raised three days later according to the scripture. I believe that. I trust in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, I don't have to undergo divine judgment. I don't have to be separated from God for all of eternity in a place called hell. I put my faith, my trust, my complete belief in the person of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he endured divine judgment for me. What a benefit. The first miracle that we see is the supernatural darkness that overcame this whole land while Jesus was on the cross. But secondly, we also see here the second miracle. Jesus endured divine separation for you. Take a look at Matthew chapter 27 and verse 46. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus has now been on the cross for six hours. It is 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And for those six hours, he's been in total agony. And for three of those six hours, he's been in complete darkness. And he now cries out, God, why have you forsaken me? You know, so many times we think that Jesus probably just spoke this. That's not what the text is saying. It's saying that he cried out. He screamed. He screamed it. He had enough energy up to well up inside of him that he screamed it. That's what that word means. That word that he uses there for cried out means to scream. Jesus feels totally alienated from God. And I tell you, friend, if you reject the personal work of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to be able to experience this benefit of never having to be separated from God. 
I believe one of the reasons why there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell is because of being separated from God. Jesus feels totally alienated, totally abandoned, totally deserted by his Father. And for the first time in all of eternity, Jesus is separate from his Father. And he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalms chapter 22 and verse 1 prophesies of this. The psalmist says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He goes on to say, Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? God totally turned his back on his son. He was totally separated from his son. And Jesus underwent that divine separation for you and for me. See, this is something we'll never be able to understand. How can God be separated from God? How can God forsake his own son? They're one in essence. How can that happen? You know, there had never been a time where Jesus had not known the most intimate communion and love of the Father. And though we may never know how that happened, we know why it happened. In verse 3 of Psalm chapter 22, it says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praise of Israel. See, God had to separate from his Son, his only Son, because he's holy. See, Jesus willingly underwent being forsaken by the Father. And because Jesus did that for us, we'll never be abandoned from God. We'll never be deserted by the Father. We'll never be alienated from the Holy One. Man, Jesus endured divine judgment for us and he endured divine separation and abandonment so we would not have to. But take a look at the next miracle. Jesus was accepted for you. Jesus was accepted for you. See, we couldn't be accepted by the Father on our own merits. But Jesus was accepted for you. Take a look at Matthew chapter 27 and verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. We've seen two miracles so far on the cross, and now we come to this third one. In John chapter 19 and verse 30, what did he cry out? It tells us there. In this text, it doesn't tell us, but in, in John chapter 19 and verse 30, it says, it's finished. That's what Jesus cried out. And once again, that word cried out has to do with scream. He screamed it out. It's finished. That To yield up the ghost means to die. But can I tell you something, friends? Jesus did not die on the timetable of the Romans or the religious leaders. Jesus was on the timetable of God. The word yielded means to let loose, to leave, to dismiss, depart from. And this leads us to the miracle of acceptance. See, Jesus let loose his spirit to his accepting father. The work that Jesus came to do is now complete. Jesus paid the price for our sins and God's wrath was satisfied and Jesus sends his spirit out of his body when he knew that the father was ready to accept it. Not a moment too soon and not a moment too late. See, John, the Gospel of John records for us in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I... Now listen, I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me. 
but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. See, Jesus laid his life down at the exact moment that the father was ready to accept it in order that we might be accepted. See, if Jesus' sacrifice was not acceptable to the father, then we could never be accepted by the father. But because of Jesus' acceptance by the Father, we can be accepted by the Father. See, the miracles of the cross, they were for our benefit. Jesus was divinely judged. He endured that. Jesus endured divine separation. Jesus, his sacrifice was accepted by the Father. Now let's take a look at the next miracle. Number four, Jesus opens up access to the Father for you. Jesus opens up access to the Father for you. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. You might be wondering, well, what's this veil of the temple? Well, it was a barrier that was in place so that no one could enter the Holy of Holies. In the temple, there was the, the Holy of Holies, which was blocked off. It was a curtain. It was a veil. It was a curtain that came down. And no one could enter that. Only the only time that someone could enter there was once a year, and only one person could enter, and that was the high priest. So the high priest entered the Holy of Holies once a year on a day called the Day of Atonement. This is when he would go in and he would sprinkle blood on behalf of the nation for their sins on the mercy seat. And so he would go in and the way that he would go in is he would have bells on his garment and a rope tied to him. The reason for this was because the Holy of Holies was so sacred that if he went in with any sin in his life, God would kill him. Why? Because God is holy. He cannot be around sin. And so they put bells on his garment and a rope around him. So if they stopped hearing the bells moving, guess what? There was a problem and they could pull him out. But as long as the bells were moving, they knew or heard the, the bells and knew that he was moving. They knew that he was okay. It says that the temple veil was rent in two. See, the temple veil was a symbol that the people of God were shut out of the presence of God. No one, as I said, except for the high priest could go in, and that was only once a year. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world, that all changed in an instant. Jesus Christ opened up access to the Father for each person. Every time I pray, I have access to the Father. See, it was God himself that reached over the, if you will, the railing of heaven and tore that curtain from top to bottom because Jesus did what no other high priest could ever do. It was the sacrifice of Jesus. It was that ultimate sacrifice and final sacrifice that he made. I can't imagine what the people felt when they saw this happening. See, there were people there when this happened. It was Passover, friends, at 3 p.m. 
in the afternoon, the temple would have been jammed, packed with people. And in an instant, think of this. Nobody had ever seen this before. And in an instant, the Holy of Holies, which no one had ever seen except for the high priest, was exposed for all to see. The whole priestly system was now done away with forever. No more barriers, no more sacrifices, no more priests. Christ, who is the great priest, after he was risen from the dead and ascended to heaven, sat down on the right hand of the Father to say that all was complete and all are welcome into the very presence of God. Why? Because the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The miracles at the cross, it was a miraculous death and these miracles were for our benefit. Jesus endured divine judgment. Jesus endured divine separation. He was accepted by the Father. His sacrifice was accepted by the Father so you and I could be accepted. And he opened up access to the Father for us. But take a look at the final miracle at the death of Jesus. Here it is. Jesus made resurrection possible for you. Jesus made resurrection possible for you. Take a look at Matthew chapter 27, verses 51 through 53. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saint which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. I want you to place yourself in this situation. Could you imagine if you were there on that day, experienced all that was taking place? Would you not be talking about what's going on? I, I know we would because... What's going on in our world today? Everybody's talking about it. Why? Because it's abnormal. Guess what? Darkness from 12 noon to 3 p.m., that's abnormal. Seeing the temple veil rent from top to bottom, that's abnormal. You'd be talking about this. And then a great earthquake where rocks split open and graves open, friend, you'd be talking about this. I'm inclined to think that you and I would accept the fact that this, the death of this man was something very different. The death of who they called the king of the Jews was not a crucifixion like any other crucifixion. The Bible says that there was earthquakes and the rocks began to break open and that tombs were letting out the saints that had been previously dead. And it says that after the resurrection of Christ, that these, resurrection, these resurrected saints went into Jerusalem and appeared to many. Do you know what God was saying in all this? Do you know what he was showing the people of that day? That there is life after death for those who believe in Christ. Hey friend, there's coming a resurrection day. And Jesus has conquered death for all those who believe in him. You know what the father's saying? The father's saying there's hope. We have a future. I can face tomorrow. Why? Because he lives. See, the death of Jesus brings us the benefit of resurrection. Why? Because he resurrected. 
I think that you would agree with me that the death of Jesus Christ was a miraculous death. And we who believe in Christ are the beneficiaries of this miraculous death. We don't have to endure judgment. The Bible says, now therefore those who are in Christ have no condemnation. We don't have to endure judgment. Because of the death of Christ, we have the benefit of not being separated from God. The Bible says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The death of Christ brings us the benefit that we can be accepted by God. That he does not reject us when we come to him. For whosoever, whosoever, because Jesus was accepted, I can be accepted. Calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus' death, the miraculous death of Jesus, it opened up access to the Father. See, I can have fellowship with God. I personally don't have to go through another man. I don't have to have a religious system. I can go directly to God. I can walk into his very presence because of Jesus. And then, friend, the other benefit that we receive is that we know that after we die, we're going to be resurrected. For those who believe in Jesus Christ, for those who accept the personal work of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to live again. You say, Pastor, what's the take home for me? Well, I want you to understand the benefits of the death of Jesus, that it's for you personally. See, too many times we think, well, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I'm saved. Well, that's great. But, you know, we drilled down just a little bit today. You know what? These benefits are for you personally. That should bring joy to your heart. And I, you say, well, well, okay, Pastor, but what else? I want you to live in active possession of these benefits, that these are yours. Guess what? When Satan tells you you're underneath the judging hand of God, that's not true. When Satan tells you that God has left you, that's not true. When Satan tells you that you're not accepted by the Father, that's not true. When Satan tells you you can't go to God in prayer because you've got too much sin in your life, that's not true. When Satan says that, that you're, 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 you're not going to uh, have a, a, a new life, if you will. When Satan says that uh, everything in your life seems to be dead, that God can't raise something up out of the ashes, that's not true. I want you to live in active possession of these benefits. And then the third take home is, I want you to develop a heart of gratitude because of the benefits of Jesus Christ's death. Could you not just spend a few moments in prayer Say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for enduring divine judgment and separation. Thank you for your sacrifice that was accepted by the Father and opening up access to the Father for me. Thank you for rising from the dead that one day when I die, I know that I'll live again. See, the death of Christ, it was miraculous. And friend, if you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, you can experience the miraculous life of Jesus Christ through accepting his death. As I mentioned before, you have to realize that you're a sinner and that Jesus is the only way. You have to place your faith in the personal work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to come into your life and then start to follow him. Friend, if you'd like to know more about how to 
know Christ your personal Savior, or if you've accepted Christ your personal Savior today, what I'd like you to do is click the link below, fill out that electronic connection card, and I will personally send to you this book called Done, written by a friend of mine, What Most Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible. And then I will also send, send you this brand new Bible for you to be able to help you on your journey of walking with Christ. I pray that you would take a moment to be able to do that, be able to fill out that electronic connection card. We want to rejoice with you in your decision to be able to follow Christ. But if you do have more questions about what it means to be a Christian, you're not quite sure, feel free to be able to email us at Open Bible or direct message us or just fill out that electronic connection card and put in there that you'd like to know more about Jesus. I hope that you'll do that. And Christian friend, take some time this week to thank Jesus for his miraculous death and the benefits that we've received. Remember, it's an active possession. You possess these benefits now. May God bless you. And I look forward to being with you again. I pray in all that you do this week, you'll honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a great day. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.